Hello and welcome back to Catching Up with Kashyap, the show that talks about persuasive texts and how they're persuasive. I'm your host, Atarf Kashyap, and today we are going to be discussing the persuasiveness of two reviews and finish it off with a good old-fashioned evaluation, deciding which one was more persuasive. So be sure to listen all the way through to the end. Jonathan Romney's Inception, Christopher Nolan, 148 minutes, 12a, from the publication Independent. Now, I cannot understand for the life of me why this is the title. I guess it's because he's talking about Inception, of course. It's writer-director, Christopher Nolan. It's one time, I guess, 148 minutes, but what is 12a? Who knows? The other piece is Kate Rogers' Inception review from the publication News Hub. Yeah, that's it. That's what it's called. Okay, I know both of these titles seem bland and boring compared to last week's opinions col- opinion columns, but please stick with me. They are still great. If you did not guess by now, these two authors have contrasting reviews on Christopher Nolan's 2010 Inception. Jonathan's review says that it is one of Nolan's failures, whereas Kate Rogers says that it was amazing. Now let's get into the analysis. Romney does not waste time establishing his point of view. Inception is disappointing. He also does not waste time establishing his tone of distaste and sarcasm. There are a number of ways he does this. He has a strong kicker, which is, quote, save yourself a few ball before you go to bed, watch the trailer online, eat some strong blue cheese, and let your slumbering mind write its own script for Inception. It'll be more involving than this overcrammed, self-indulgent fault. Wow, I mean, like, this insult reminds me of last week's Marina Hyde. And within this, we see strong diction through the words overcrammed and self-indulgent folly. Other instances of strong vocabulary to convey his points include overturned, mundane, unshamedly, and many more. I guess Bob is considered as a slang, but other than that, I could only find bogus and get it written g-e-d-d-i-t instead of get it no other instances of slang can be found there aren't any expressions but there is a lot of jargon included such as sequence cgi plot budget writer director scripts 13 episode tv series utopia and action he also alludes to other nolan works such as memento and the two Batman films, and he also alludes to The Matrix and Mission Impossible. He includes logos as he discusses the plot of the movie and explains why it makes no sense. And although he lacks pathos, he makes up with credibility and ethos by making puns about events that only people that had watched the movie would get. For example, the quote in Dreams, people's deepest secrets are invariably uh, contained within safes or in the case of Fisher's relationship with his father, a heavily guarded complex. Complex, get it? End quote. His kicker, slang, and diction convey his tone and persuade the audience. Moving on to Kate's work. I think that her title might be slightly ironic, as the first line afterwards is, starved of original thought lately? Hell yes. I think that that might be why her title was so mundane and just blech. 
Anyways, her tone is that of amazement and surprise. She conveys this through diction, such as the words well-crafted, all-encompassing, immersive, and thought-provoking. She does not really use much slang, but keeps her tone casual through words like fuss. She conveys her tone through the simile as well. Quote, Watching Inception was like gulping down an ice-cold beer, knowing the rest of the six-pack is still to go. After being lost without hope in the Gobi Desert of Hollywood remakes, sequels, and movies by numbers for what feels like a living eternity. End quote. This could be kind of considered as a kicker since it draws us, us the audience, into her piece. All of this shows her passion for the movie, but she never really explains why they feel that way to her, which makes her writing less convincing. She also uses jargon such as sequel, remake, science fiction, and she alludes to films like The Godfather, The Shawshank Redemption, and previous Nolan works that even Rami talked about. Her piece is unsatisfying because she does not really use any logos, pathos, or ethos, but she does kind of make it up with a strong ending. Quote, See it on a biggest screen with the loudest sound you can find and lose yourself in Chris Nolan's dream world. You may never want to wake up. Five stars. End quote. She refers to events and choices characters make with the never want to make up line, making it quite powerful. And ending it with just the just two words as one statement, five stars, just hammers in her point. She has a strong ending, some jargon, a semi-kicker kind of, and some diction that aid in persuading her audience. So moving on to the comparison, they both use similar jargon, but other than that, they do not really share anything else in common. They both have strong diction, but Romney has more of that, and it greatly impacts his readers. He has a better kicker, he uses more slang and casual speech to drive forward a more prevalent and, as Kate says, all-encompassing tone, and he actually discusses why and how the movie is bad. Personally, his work was more convincing, as he had more logos and ethos to complement his tone and writing style. Kate just said stuff with no support. Her work seemed to me as filler with no content. Behind it, just, hey, it's good. But why is it good? She never discusses that. And that is why I believe that Romney has a much more convincing review, even though I disagree with his opinion. That being said, all topics for this week's podcast have been covered. So that's it. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next week.